0: Teaching rude. Today, I'm talking to Teresa and Catherine about their book, Pass the Baton. It's all about how to empower your students in your music classroom. Regardless of whether you are a band teacher, a choir teacher, an orchestra teacher, or a general music teacher, their ideas will work for you. Um, tell me about, in the book, you talk about how students can take over the warm-up process. They can take, a, take over rehearsal processes. They can take over the entire class, which, of course, is absolutely fabulous if you can't be there for whatever reason and you need to have a, a sub in. And we all know how difficult it is to find a music sub. And oftentimes we get a warm body with a pulse. <laughs> um, so how, what does that look like? And what is the process to get it from, um, yay, we have a sub, let's go nuts, to, you know, the students are engaged in learning and doing what they would do if you were there, which still may be, yay, we're going to go nuts.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, like everything else, you have to start with one step. So you're not going to be able to have a kid take over the warmups the first week of school. I mean, okay, unless maybe you've already had those kids the five years before and you've already been doing this. But right. it's going to be it's gonna be a process. So like for the you know, band and orchestra for ensembles for taking over warm-ups, it's once we have that routine. Once the routine is set and the kids know, okay, this is how we play scale warm up, this is how we do a breathing exercise, this is how we do a rhythm. They they know those routines. Then this is similar to what Catherine said earlier. You say, Okay who wants to lead at this time and and somebody will volunteer and they'll come up to the front and and often at that point the kid the kid just says ready go and and the band plays <laughs> <laughs> and and that child will either stand there looking at their feet or maybe if they brought their instrument they'll play along <laughs> but you you know you're getting them in front of the group and you're getting them used to it and you do that a bunch of times and then the next step is you say okay so we need to do we need to do a, a scale today who wants to lead it and what scale should we do? And so then you're putting it in, into their hands. Okay, so you have a choice of, of what warm-up to do. And and as you're going, you're kind of coaching them. You know, you're know, you explaining to the kids, okay, well, how's the band going to know when to start? What do you have to do? I have to count. Oh, okay, so great. How are you going to count? And you're, you're teaching this process for them. The other ones are watching and learning so that when they get up, then, then they know you know what to do with it, um, and then eventually it's just all right. Who wants to lead warmups today? What do you want to do? The floor is yours. You know, and and you you give over that control. I had a neat moment this last year um, when a girl said, "Can I teach a brand new warmup that I did at my old school?" I was Yes, you sure can. <laughs> and she did. She got up and she she brought her clarinet with her and she taught the whole thing from beginning to end. This is something that she had done at her old school and really liked. And from then on it became the Emma warm-up. And they like other kids would request the Emma warm-up and, and they loved it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: And what I, about you, Catherine? What it like because you're not in an ensemble thing, but you did you do a warm-up, you do your hello song with your kindergartners and you're
1: talking mm-hmm. about what that looks like for them. What about your older kids? Yeah. So my older kids, it makes me think of like, when we are gonna, sometimes we will uh, put together, um, like, uh, we've worked on an advanced melody on the bard instruments and then we're going to put it together with a book and like maybe invite our buddy classes to come in and see us perform it. And so we, once we've all like, we've all learned the music, we've all, um, worked on the advanced melodic pattern or whatever. Um, then I'll just say, okay, how do we want to, how do we want to, um, share this with our buddy class? What do we need? Oh, well let's do like, you know, we need narrators to read the book. We need uh, actors who are going to act out this certain part. We need, you know, people to play the music and sing the song and, um, Sometimes they have fantastic ideas, like we did this. Uh, the aliens were coming. It was around um, Halloween time, and so the kids were like, "Can we get the green screen down and like sound and like like it looks like we're We're landing, you know, before the move before we do the book." And I was like, "Yes, we should do that. That's awesome!" And so we had kids on iMovie and we had kids in front of the green screen. But then, so I guess the whole. Uh, reason I say that is just because once I get them started and they all have their assignments that they kind of we either decide do you want me to just pick you a spot or are we gonna like pick names however we do it so they have their what they're going to do that next second third fourth music class they come in I don't I mean that they're like begging me to get started can we just get the instruments out and just get in our groups and get so like they just take over um, sometimes I have to slow them down and be like, let's meet first and just make sure that like everybody's good with what they're doing, you know. And I might say like, you know what, last time the dancers were like off the wall, doing this or that. I'm going to meet with them first and like talk about like, how did it go last time? How can we be more on task or what What would we need to do? Um, but they, when you have those talks with them, like they, they have a sense of. Well, we got to pull it together because, you know, the other kids are relying on us to do our part and the buddy class is coming next Tuesday and we have to be get our act together, you know, like so um, it all starts to kind of pull together. I don't think I would do that for a sub. Like, I don't think if I was gone that day, I would, you know, <laughs> but, um, but I just think those are kind of the examples of like where kids really kind of come alive and take that ownership. They feel comfortable enough to share their ideas and say, Hey, I think we should do this or can I be in charge of this? So, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And if you know that you're going to be out and there's going to be a sub, you can also say, okay, so wh- there's going to be a sub here tomorrow. Who's going to run the warmups? Okay, you're in charge of making sure that the warm up goes well. What's going to happen next? Okay, you're going to work on this song. Who's in charge of it? And I think when the kids feel like they have like okay, I'm in charge of making sure that this works. That's that's the ownership. <laughs> they yeah. they know yeah. that they have to get that done. And if they've if they've done it enough times with you in class, a lot of that will run well. Like when I was teaching elementary uh, band and orchestra, I really would just leave like a list of activities and say, "Okay, here are the different things. Pick a kid to lead each one. You know, ask who wants to to lead each one, and they'll they'll be okay." <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I know that uh, at one of my schools, uh, I was doing a little bit more in the way of conference presentations and stuff like that than I am now, uh, and so I would be out of the classroom a couple times a year, and I would leave videos of myself Mm -hmm. giving instructions and stuff like that. But I would also be going through and I'd be like, okay guys, so for the next five minutes, you are going to be working on blah, 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 blah. So-and-so you are leading this activity. And Mm -hmm. like literally all that meant that the sub had to do was press play, pause, and run a timer. Mm -hmm. Because like I had the kids sorted Right. And even, I mean, I threw in jokes and stuff like that. It would be like, you know, William, are you listening? Because you don't usually <laughs> listen to me. And I have a feeling you're still not listening to me. You know, And it would, the kids just, they really looked forward to that because it'd be like, miss, how did you know? <laughs> or or it'd be something like, yeah, Susan, I can hear your voice and I'm not even in the room right now. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's so, so
0: yeah um it's definitely something I felt good about leaving my kids because I had been able to go through this process my current kids are not there yet and so it's well, one of those things of if if I can't be there then I'm like okay you're doing study hall <laughs> bring homework from another class and honestly, I don't this- trust you on your own
2: the last school year i didn 't get there either, like we started a brand new school, brand new everything, and just there was one thing after another and by the time we got to march and then went home so yeah we didn 't yeah. get there either so it 's not it 's not a guarantee it 's not overnight it 's a process, but my goal is. Okay, my goal was, if this was going to be a normal school year, <laughs> that we would be, eventually be getting there. But but you know what I mean, because you're building those relationships, you're building yeah. those routines, and you're building all of those things to to lead up to it.
0: And certainly, if for those of us who are able to start in person, um, if we can get started on those routines right away, it means that if we do go home again, we can get them to continue that at home. And, you know, there could be a way of getting them to still lead stuff virtually.
2: Absolutely. You know, and that's, that's the next level. Well, and if you just think about this whole concept of, of giving them that agency of that empowerment, that is going to help them at home immensely. Because mm-hmm. you're not standing in front of them as much as when you're in the classroom. You know, they need to be self-motivated. They need to have, like they need to understand why they're doing things. They have to have a, like an internal purpose for it other than, yeah. well, I have to do it because I'm sitting in the classroom and sh- she says so. So yeah. absolutely, the more, the more we can build that from the beginning this year, I think that's going to help us a lot.
0: So that actually kind of, Leads nicely into something, and and um, Catherine, you might be able to speak a little bit more to this because you see everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, like for me, my kids choose to come to me, but you've got everybody in there. And when you're reading the book, and it sounds like you know everybody's lovely, everybody loves this, everybody's engaged, everybody's <laughs> empowered, <laughs> and I know that there's going to be teachers out there going yeah, well, clearly she doesn't have those five boys that I've got sitting at the back of my class or those three girls that always huddle in the corner and never participate. Like, have, is it, do you really have everybody engaged or do you still have those kids who are, you know, whether they're too cool for school or they're not interested
1: or they don't like you, like, do you still have those kids we all have those kids. And I think sometimes those kids, as much as they're, you know, where we get frustrated that they don't, you know, sometimes I'm like, please just comply. Just comply. You know, it's <laughs> just so much easier you comply. But at the same time, they're kind of the most uh, fascinating kids sometimes to figure out what makes them tick. You know, um, I think... I can think of one child that like for the longest time he would just kind of sit in the corner and I finally got to have a conversation with him that got somewhere and he he just really didn't think what he thought was any good. And it was like, that's where we're coming from you know and so that's once we do, I just had to like develop this but you can yes you have awesome things to share you know and just kind of building them up a little bit I've had other kids who have been so disruptive and I have them come and be helpers for kindergartners so they come during snack time and then I have them like help me help the kindergartners and just just to see them see themselves in a leadership role and they just mm-hmm. I mean Kindergartners make everybody feel good, you know. Like, like that kid's on my bus, you know. And <laughs> he just stands a little taller, and you know, like, ooh, do you want to read the book to the kids today, or do you want to pass out instruments? And like, they always want to be helpful and do something. And uh, and I can't say that, you know two three four sessions with them makes them perfect in the classroom when they come with their regular class but like spending time and developing that relationship and finding out like what makes them tick or what they like and then trying to kind of make that shift in my room of like oh I know you're good at percussion hey do you think when we do this you could you know help us with a percussion part or whatever it is like um you can kind of turn them around a little bit. I mean, I, I I definitely, am not going to say that every day is roses with every child because it's not, but, um, but yeah, there, that's, that's part of the, I think the fun in teaching is, um, is figuring out everybody or doing the best you can to get to know everybody and, and try to help them Mm -hmm. and, uh, and find like, you know find their jam you know in music whatever that is and if it's not playing the ukulele it's not playing the ukulele but there's other things we can do that'll you know we can try to have a good experience together
0: Teresa what about for you on the ensemble side like do you have kids that are forced into the class who don't want to be there and don't want to practice
2: right now I don't because it's a it's an elective class they choose to be there um and I mean, I actually had a couple this past year who made a choice midway through the year. That did, they did—they did not want to be there, and they were—they mm-hmm. were put elsewhere. <laughs> but the um, my job before this, actually, when I taught beginning band and orchestra, everybody was required to play. It was fourth and fifth grade band and orchestra, and everybody had to be in. Band and orchestra, or and they also had to sing in the chorus. Um, It was just the requirement Mm -hmm. of the school, and I found, for me at least, in the in fourth grade, the first year it went pretty well. But in fifth, you would start to see some of the things that you mentioned, and a lot of it was by that time the gap between what you could do without practicing and what you really needed to practice to be able to do became much wider. And it became much more noticeable the kids who who were really into it and the kids who just showed up. Um, and with those ones, yeah, you you have to figure out what is going to interest them and what's going to make them tick. And it a lot of times it's it's the repertoire, it's what music you're playing. If you can find something that's just a little bit a little bit different, a little bit fun. Um, one year I handed out a bunch of songs around Halloween that were all very very basic melodies, but they were they were branded Halloween songs. Okay, well that got a bunch of kids interested. They didn't want to play the little folk melodies that were in the lesson book, but they liked this idea of playing the spooky music. You know, um, things like that. If you can figure out what's gonna what's gonna incite them. Um, I had another one who he it wasn't that he. I think this child actually did practice his instrument. He just didn't like he didn't like being part of the group. (laughs) One of those, you know, he didn't want to do what everybody was doing simply because everybody else was doing it. But what he really did like was his iPad. And he really did like, um, like, photography and things like that. So Mm -hmm. he, I, I can't remember exactly how like the deal that we made. But essentially, there were certain times during throughout the orchestra rehearsal where he could get up and take pictures of the group. And he was like our, our historian type, you know, he was documenting what was going on and that was his job and that was his role. And he took it very seriously and giving him that, that outlet made him less disruptive <laughs> mm-hmm. right and, and moving forward and and you know is photography music no but he's still he's still part of our group he's still part of the ensemble he's still an important part and I think that 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 made it worthwhile
1: right yeah I think for my my fifth graders we do a musical and I have always a bunch of children at the that just don't want to do the singing. Like they, you know, they just are kind of transitioning to the, like, I just don't like the singing, you know? And so, and they don't want to act on stage. And so it's like, I've done that too, where I'm like, you know what? I need a whole lot of backstage. I need people to run iTunes. I need people to run the lights. I need people to run like props and things. Here's the deal. Like, like Teresa says, like, you know, can you do, you do this first half? because so-and-so is going to be behind the scenes doing it during that half but then in the second half of the musical you're doing the behind scenes so they're still participating they're still singing they're still doing the musical activity and yet they're participating in other roles in a musical that are like of high interest to them so Mm -hmm. you can get them that way too
0: yeah excellent good advice (laughs) (laughs) that's all we have time for today we're going to continue our conversation with Teresa and Catherine about how to pass that baton over to your students in your music classroom. If you found this episode interesting, please leave a review and pass it on to a friend. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.